Hi, this is Sean Perrin, and you're listening to episode 31 of the Clarinet Podcast, the show where I discuss all that's neat and new with clarinet with the neatest people in the industry. In today's episode, I speak with the Australian-born Elena Zanthodakis, who is the director of Chroma Editions. Elena is also a professional opera singer who studied in Australia, Italy, and at London's Guildhall. She is the winner of many international prizes, including the International Mozart Competition in Salzburg. While maintaining a busy career singing in opera houses around the world, Elena has managed to develop her special connection to the world of clarinet as well, inspired by her brother Jason, who is the clarinetist in their trio called Trio Chroma. Her continuing interest in song repertoire with obbligato instruments led her to create Chroma Editions, which is a special chamber music publishing house with the vision to make more great repertoire available to play for all. The giveaway for this episode is a signed copy of Elena and Jason's new CD called The Captive Nightingale. If you'd like to make sure you're eligible to win items mentioned on the podcast, please visit clarineat.com and be sure to sign up for our email mailing list. This episode was brought to you by Dedaria Woodwinds. Sanding, shaping, balancing. For centuries, mastering your instrument meant mastering these crafts too. But now, Diderio is refining craftsmanship for the 21st century by refining their reeds and mouthpieces with the world's most innovative techniques, so you can spend less time sanding, shaping, and balancing, and more time perfecting your own craft. To learn more about the new era of craftsmanship from Diderio Woodwinds, visit diderio.com woodwinds. Hi, Elena, and welcome to the Clarinet Podcast. It's so great to have you on the show today. Oh, thanks so much. It's great to be here. So we should dive right in and talk about your exciting new project, which is called an album called The Captive Nightingale. And it's actually some pieces that you're featuring on there that have been rediscovered German romantic rarities. And some of these pieces have been recorded for the first time. All of the pieces are for clarinet and voice. And uh, I'd be so interested for you to share the story of how this recording project got started and uh, how these pieces were discovered and what brings you to want to share them with the world. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. Um, I, as a singer, I'm a soprano, I have stumbled across, you know, the, the German songs, the six German songs by Spohr, and I've performed The Shepherd on the Rock, and I really enjoyed that. And I have an elder brother who happens to play the clarinet, and um, when I was at university, I had, you know, friends that have a, a trio and that sort of thing. So I, I sort of fell in love with the combination of piano, voice, and clarinet, um, and so basically what I wanted to do was to – I started a trio with my brother called Trio Chroma, and the idea was to find repertoire that hadn't been recorded before with a view of making a recording with him. So I basically was looking, trying to see what had been recorded, what was had been published, some of the things had been recorded but not published, and some things had – you know, just I was looking for something that hadn't been recorded before to make it something exciting. So I basically went, you know, different universities looking, um, trying to find things that I'd seen other people do to find an interesting mix of songs. So that's the basics behind, you know, a project for my brother and I, essentially. Yeah, I think that's so great that your your brother Jason is also on the album. Um I think it's interesting to have family involved in an ensemble like this. Did it present any challenging challenges or you guys get together, get along pretty swimmingly or how, how is that? Yeah, we get along pretty well, actually. Um, he always says, oh, singers, singers, singers. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you can't, don't breathe there, you, you know. Anyway, it's all the, the normal stuff. But uh, no, it's good fun. And I, I've always, you know, appreciated his musicality. And since, you know, he's the elder brother, he sort of ushered away for me into, into music because I went to the same music high school that he went to. It's a music specialist school. So, you know, followed in my big brother's footsteps. So, um, 
yeah, a real kind of uh, inspiration to me as a kid. And he's, he's an amazing musician, also plays, obviously, he plays saxophone as well and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I wanted to work with him on something that's a project for us and in preparing the repertoire we formed this this trio with Clemens Lesky who's an Australian concert pianist and my reason behind choosing him was because one of the pieces that I had found was called The Shepherd and the Mermaid and has quite a very florid um, piano part so I needed somebody who could do that with you know pizzazz and make it sound amazing I mean it's an amazing piece but just somebody who could just have a lot of flair and my brother's um, had worked with Clem a lot in recitals because when he was at the Sydney Conservatorium. So, yeah, um, it's a kind of we've worked together a lot in recitals over the years and, and we've got a, a nice feel together. So I hope that comes across in the recording. Absolutely. Um, I, I love hearing about studio sessions. I'm not quite sure why, but where, where was the <laughs> album recorded and uh, were there any interesting stories or challenges that you encountered along the way? Yeah, it was recorded at the Trackdown Studios in Sydney, which is actually where they record a lot of the movie soundtracks. Um, in, in Australia? This, in Australia, yeah. So oh, what wow. I wanted was a, a studio that I didn't want to do it in a tiny room that had no natural acoustic. I wanted something that had a bit of length, that had a bit of natural resonance to it. So I wanted something that um, – felt like a concert hall, but not, not as expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so mind you, track down, certainly not a cheap venue to hire, but um, I just wanted something with a little bit of ambiance to, to, the, to, the, to the tone and had a nice bunch of people um, who've worked for the ABC Classics and other, um, you know, uh, on my team. Um, so, yeah, I, I was really happy with how things came together, actually. So you've performed many large-scale operas and other works yourself and actually have a very busy career as a soprano. Um, some people who go this route never look back uh, to small ensembles, and I think partly because it's absolutely so busy. Um, but what is it about art song and chamber music that not only draws you in, but continues to demand so much of your artistic focus in this way? Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, being an opera singer, you do get very busy and agents love to just book you out for whole slabs of time because it's great. You just book them out and you know they don't have to think about organizing other things. It's wonderful. But <laughs> in terms of... Um, where my heart lies and I really do love you know performing oratorio and leader that sort of smaller ensemble work you know mm -hmm. be it Bach cantatas those sorts of things and that's really where I started before I moved into you know the opera I did my first um, master's in performance basically was around you know Bach and chamber music and, and leader so you know I think as a young singer it's a great safe place to start actually um and again Again, the Maria Callas competition, which I won in the oratorio and leader section. So kind of there's, a, there's an interest there that I've always enjoyed doing. And, and in terms of the, the, the chamber music stuff, again, all throughout university, I was with this, a group with a bass clarinet and a clarinet and a piano and a soprano. And we would arrange like Mozart nocturnes for that ensemble. And we would like just arrange um, piazzola songs and, you know, take this around the state of Victoria on tour, you know, concerts every weekend sort of thing. So, yeah, that, I've always had a, um, an interest in small small groups, if that makes sense. Yeah. Was there any original music for that ensemble? I mean, you just said it was, sorry, bass, clarinet, voice and, and piano. And what was the other instrument? Um, yeah, clarinet, bass, clarinet, soprano and piano. Yeah, most of them are just arrangement, arrangements of things. So we did a lot of arranging of just, yeah. All yeah, sorts I, of things. I think that the, the the clarinet is such a vocal instrument. It has such a great match to voice. Um, 
I know there is a lot of repertoire, well, maybe not a lot, but some repertoire out there for it. But I also feel like it's sometimes overlooked. Um, how do you feel yeah. about it? Do you enjoy no, it? I, I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, when you go and read the concert programs, you know, even at the week more, it's like, well, it's just the shepherd and the rock you see, or it's just, you know, the most obvious yeah. works. And I think that's such a shame when there are so many amazing pieces. Well, I'm not going to say there's so many. I mean, I struggle to find two CDs worth of repertoire. Um, and to, to, you know, in terms of what's out there, what's available. And that's what brought me to think, well, why, why aren't people performing, you know, more repertoire? Because I found these wonderful pieces and, you know, I want to popularize them. I want them to, to be out there on, in the concert halls because they, they deserve that. So, yeah. That's there are some larger scale chamber pieces. Like I can think of L'Histoire de Soldat, the Stravinsky, um, the uh, Pierre Lunaire. Um, yeah, that's a great one too. Um, yeah, and there's, there's also a sort of a, uh, getting slightly, you know, bigger. The Emily Dickinson songs are slightly bigger chamber ensemble, but yeah, there's, there are there are things out there that. Um, but I, I think for this, as a trio format goes, you know, it, it it's it's my favorite, and yeah, there's not that much, you know, that that gets done if you look on the on the concert programs. You know, it's, it's a piano trio. There's a pianist, there's a singer doing some opera gala stuff and you'd be lucky to get, you know, another solo instrumentalist on if there was a concert program at a music society, if they do four concerts, you know, they're not going to put necessarily this repertoire. And I think that's a shame. And, you know, I think it's wholly, wholly deserves to be, you know, right up there with everything else. Have you heard the new piece by um, Arvo Parrott? I think it's a clarinet piano and a, I think it's a tenor. Oh, no, I haven't. Yeah, I think it, it's relatively new. I'm trying to remember if it's like 2012 or 2014. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm not sure. But yeah, I haven't even had a chance to really give it any serious listen yet. But I did see it the other day. And I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, well, I also saw um, some recent recordings doing arrangements of some of the Strauss songs for, for hmm. clarinet and voice and um, piano, which I think is a great idea. And I think there's, there's room for particularly songs like Morgan. Um, for this sort of um, work to be done. And I, I'm hoping as well with the Chrome editions that we start bringing out some of the other pieces that have, you know, solo violin, part, like um, Cher, uh, the Bachelet, Cher et Nuit, which has a violin solo. Again, that would be amazing on clarinet. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's room, the scope for this as well. So the, let's get back to the album for a second here. A, yeah. a lot of these pieces, there's 12 tracks and... Um, a lot of them have been recorded before, but you mentioned some of these are new, some of these are freshly discovered. Could you give a little more information for listeners about that? Yeah. Um, so in terms of the recording itself, um, the Gefangene Nachtigall, the captive nightingale from which the CD is entitled, um, and Erde Herrlichste von allen, the noblest of all, and actually the Hirt und das Meerweib, the Shepherd and the Mermaid, are three premiere recordings. So no one in terms of, you know, availability have, will have heard these before as of, um, the first time. And then we have also um, one that's only been recorded once before called the Schweizer's Heimweh. So two of those works are by Proch, who's quite an unknown composer. Um, he did write, in fact, um, one particularly famous soprano work um, called there's a set of um, variations for soprano, which is still in the repertoire today. Lachner, Erde Helix different Allen is you probably recognize the same text 
from the Schumann um, Frauenliebe und Leben cycle. So if, you, if you're aware of what other repertoire is out there, um, Lazarus and I think also Musica Rara published Zeitig in Gesehen by Lachner um, probably about a decade ago. And so that's a really great pairing. Those two go together because it's from the same um, cycle of poems. Mm-hmm. So again, that's one of the ones that's never been recorded before. And uh, The Shepherd and the Mermaid is like a seven-minute showpiece um, by Peter von Lindpeitner. So uh, again, that's about about the uh, – I don't know how to describe it um, – the Lorelei story, essentially. So a soprano lures the clarinet to his untimely demise. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're a fitting track recorded. for the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's great fun that piece actually. Um, so yeah, and then the Schweitzer Heimweh that's been recorded once before. So there's a, there's a mix of things that are popular in terms of the Shepherd um, and on the rocks on there, and again ones that we've had on um, a few recordings I think that um, Colin Bradbury put out actually. So if you're aware of the, the repertoire that he's recorded. Um, and a beautiful piece, again, which you might not be aware of, called Minor Heimat by Johann Sobeck. That's been recorded once before as well. So, you know, there's a mix of popular and, and um, more unknown things on there. Yeah, no, there's some really great stuff. I've had a few listens through it, and it's, uh, it's really well done. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Was there a tour you guys had planned um, with this as well, or some uh, CD kind of release concert, or have you marketed yeah, it in had, a live setting? Some in Australia when we brought it out there um, a couple of years ago, and then it's coming out here um, basically for a worldwide. I'm based in the UK, um, but it's on worldwide um, release. We are planning some things, but they'll be a little bit more for next year, just mm-hmm. in terms of you know schedules and schedules. Um, so yeah, no, definitely there will be some concerts coming out for that, but nothing planned as yet. So one thing that's kind of on my mind. You mentioned you wanted to find a place that was relatively more affordable to record, but yet you're in London and you went to Australia. How, how does that add up? <laughs> I'm, I'm Australian born, so I, I go between the two for oh, okay. that sort of thing. So yeah, my brother is in <laughs> Australia and Clem's in Australia. So yeah, when I was over there, um, we recorded it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> that makes quite a bit more sense, I must say. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that always gets asked when people make a CD, especially if there's new repertoire on on there, um, is, you know, how can I play these pieces? Are they available for purchase? And and you have actually started your own publishing house called Chroma Editions, which specializes for this type of music. Um, would you share some information about this? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, one one thing, as you know, I'm really passionate about piano voice and clarinet, but then also if we look for obligato instruments with voice and piano as well, um, these works are available for sometimes clarinet and cello, sometimes clarinet and violin, sometimes clarinet, cello and violin. Um, and the idea is that I really would love these pieces to you know, be out there and, and, and you can't, if you can't find them, you can't play them. So we wanted to bring them out and we've made modernized the um, settings, that sort of thing, made it really clear and easy to read. And so what we're going to have them in a number of stores, actually, we have them in uh, only two stores in Canada so far. So I'll let you know as we go, it'll be on the website, <laughs> um, which is going to be chromoeditions.com. And uh, we'll have some hard copy versions of the four works I mentioned before, um, The Shepherd and the Mermaid, um, Schweitzer's Heimweh, which is Longy for Switzerland, The Captive Nightingale, and Erde Herrlichste von Allen, or uh, He the Noblest of All. And then also there'll be some downloads as well. So you can download them um, 
which should be up soon, the downloads. And then also we're planning to extend the range of obligato instruments. So in terms of a couple of them might suit oboe as well and alto sax, that sort of thing. So there is room to expand that because traditionally what would happen is there would be a, a printed score and maybe a, a, a violin score in C and then from which if you had, a, you know, you could, you could basically um, do a B-flat instrument reading off that or whatever you had at home, you would basically play. So, so how were these scores originally discovered then? I mean, have you actually discovered them yourself through historical research or? Well, these ones here, in fact, um, for example, the Shepherd and the Mermaid um, came with a score with clarinet and violin. So at the moment, the ones that we're publishing are modernizations of what has been out of print for 200 years. So in terms of they use a lot of the French um, rests where they go the wrong direction, the, the, the quaver rests. So they're quite, they're quite hard to read and very difficult. So we've produced clean new editions of those. Um, you know, I found some in Vienna. I found some in London. So I've basically been collecting them you know, over a period of about nine years, and I have quite a repertoire. So there will be other things coming out over the next couple of years as well. Um, yeah, so for example, um, Erde Helligstrom von Allen is for clarinet, cello, or violin. And those three parts were actually with the score. So the idea would then, in that tradition, would be, say, to bring out, you know, an oboe part or a flute part, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just so interesting that something that's been out of print for 200 years is is finding its way back through your work. In circulation. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. Just, it must feel really interesting and exciting. Yeah, I'm really thrilled because, I, as you say, I, I'm really excited about this project and I, I really love this music and I, I want it to get out there. So who is the target market for the, these pieces? I mean, are you would you love to see them performed at stages all over the world or in universities or what, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of this, the difficulty levels, I mean, some of them are a little harder than others, but in terms of, you know, amateur professional, so in universities and, you know, in the major concert halls, I think they're particularly, you know, Edda Herlikster von Allen is a great one to program with the Zeitischen Gesehen, The Shepherd of the Mermaid is a wonderful showpiece. I mean, they're lovely pieces. Um, the Schweitzer's Heimweh has the highest note I've ever seen in a, in a lead. It's got a top D in it. It also has an optional low note but you know there's some interesting things about these works uh, i think they're a great standard and you know i think they'll get great play once people know that they're there i think it adds an exciting element for students though uh, with recital programming i mean yeah. some some people and even teachers i suppose sometimes get a little a little weary with the standard repertoire that yeah and this is a great way to include something from the romantic era that really is kind of new again you know so absolutely a lot of people no, really struggle with trying to include, they almost include too much new music sometimes. I mean, I was probably a little bit guilty of that, but it's because I wanted fresh things, you know, and here's yeah. here's some fresh stuff that's uh, kind of been rediscovered after all these years. And in terms of, you know, exam recitals, that sort of thing is absolutely perfect for that as well. Yeah. Well, and for university students, just a little tip out there if you need it <laughs> or a little kind of thought to get you going is when you play a piece like this on your recital um, with the soprano, you could, it's kind of does double duty. You both practice and rehearse and you can use it on everyone's recital most likely um, if it's if it's suitable. I mean, it has the both parts probably have to be, um, you know, equally impressive. But it's if it's a chamber element. If you require that, I think it'd be a really great thing. Yeah, I mean, Erde Helgs von Allen and the Schweizers, particularly the uh, the Hirt und das Meer vibe, has long 
um, recitative sections, lots of opportunity for, you know, for colouring. So that's, you know, yeah, great. That'd be a great showpiece for, for recital. So if anyone is interested in, in purchasing these, like let's say you're planning a recital or you'd love to get your hands on this, um, how can they go about doing that from the website directly? Is there a way to, to do that yet or is it coming? It's coming. Yeah, we've, we're actually in the final stages of putting that together, but it will be uh, chromeauditions.com. Um, and there'll be download versions and you can buy hard copy versions. Um, we've got the sheets for each individual part on A3 paper, so you don't have to turn it over, <laughs> which is one thing that um, really frustrates friends of mine who's having to turn them over. Um, <laughs> but we're also um, branching out into a number of different stores. So at the moment we're only in a couple of stores in America and Canada, um, loads of stores in the UK and a couple in Australia. So we'll be expanding that as well. Um, so there'll be information about stockists on the website chromeeditions.com as well. So if you'd like to purchase the CD, where is it available? You mentioned a world worldwide release. Um, it, is it yeah. also available digitally? It is available digitally on iTunes as well. Absolutely, you can listen to it on um, Spotify. Um, yeah, it's a Signum release, so that's absolutely all over the world. Yeah, it's a big label. So yeah. Spotify, iTunes, you can find it on there. Yeah, Amazon. Google, Amazon. Yeah. Everywhere. I would encourage people to purchase um, either a digital or physical copy, of course, instead of Spotify or Apple Music. Um, but if you do you know, want to just have a quick taste, that is a great way. Um, but uh, it always is best to support the artists by actually purchasing the CD. Yeah, there's great notes in there as well. We've got um, a really wonderful um, musicologist who's put together some fantastic notes about the composers and, and the works and, and a bit of a history of the of the style of the period. So, yeah, it's really great. Yeah, I've got it in my hand here, actually. There's a 27-page um, booklet with the CD with full information about it at the front. Translations. Yep. And... Uh, Oops, some nice pictures in here. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. So it looks like you actually have a second album here called Jewels of the Bel Canto. What can you tell me about that? Oh, yeah, that came out a couple of years ago with um, with Richard Bonning. I don't know if you know Bel Canto specialist um, and the Royal Northern Symphony Orchestra. We did like a whole range of different arias, like Bel Canto arias from you know, Donizetti, Bellini, uh, Rossini, some of them, again, with the rare, some of them very rare, and some of them really popular. So, yeah, that came out a couple of years ago. That, that was great fun, actually. And it looks like this was your debut album, and it, you got a five-star rating from Limelight, Limelight Magazine. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, Eleanor, you've been so generous on the podcast today, and I have a signed copy of this brand new CD to give away to a clarinet listener anywhere in the world. Um, what would you say to the person who gets to, to win this album? Um, just enjoy. You know, I, I've, we've had a great time putting it together. Um, there's lots of little, you know, funky gems on there, things that you won't have heard before. And just I hope you really enjoy listening to it. You know, it's, it's a joy to produce and, and we hope you love it. So where can we find you um, personally online? Do you have a website? I do, yeah. It's www.elenaxan.com. Perfect. No one, yeah, that, that surname, that couldn't be on a website. That's too long. <laughs> so, of course, I'll include all this in the show notes there. Have you also got a Facebook page people can follow? Or? Absolutely. We have a Facebook page for Chroma Editions, for Elena Zantaraka's fan page. We also have um, Trio Chroma. We have the Mermaid Trio. Um, yep, I'll send you all the links. That's Fantastic. So thank Brilliant. you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing this amazing story with us. I hope that a lot of clarinet players have the chance to try out this repertoire and listen to this repertoire and that it makes its way into the the uh, 
the uh, standards for for the clarinet exactly. going forward. In the standards, that's what we want. We want this stuff played. We want it out there. It's fantastic. Thank you so much for having me today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the clarinet audience before we wrap up? Uh, no, just keep playing. Keep keep playing, guys. Absolutely, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the show today, Elena. Thanks for having me. Bye. Sanding, shaping, balancing. For centuries, mastering your instrument meant mastering these crafts too. But now, D'Addario is refining craftsmanship for the 21st century by refining their reeds and mouthpieces with the world's most innovative techniques. So you can spend less time sanding, shaping, and balancing, and more time perfecting your own craft. To learn more about the new era of craftsmanship from D'Addario Woodwinds, visit daddario.com woodwinds. Thank you.